0: of paper out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you
1: pain.
0: Call Michael and
1: Stanley, Jim, Dwight, Creek. Call Andy and Kelly for your business paper needs. Dunder Mifflin, the people, persons, paper people. Dunder
0: People persons, paper people. Time out! Time out! Time out! What's up? What's up, Paper People? It is time for our booziest episode yet. How you doing, Rob? <laughs> it's a very subdued intro compared to what we've. I'm on no sleep, bro. Putting that recently. <laughs> oh, I had less sleep when we recorded last episode. Yeah, I mustered. Hey paper people. There we go. It's time for a boozy episode. There it is. How's it going, Rob? That's what I'm waiting for. All right. Love it. That's all I got. All my energy's gone now. No more for the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how'd your thing go last night, by the way? Did you make it in time to dinner? Uh yeah. They actually were here when I got home. Oh. I don't know if that's good or bad or neutral. Well, I mean I guess from your expression not pretty, great. <laughs> I felt pretty gross you know sweaty and dusty and yeah you know sorry it's okay <laughs> well i appreciate the help nonetheless yeah <laughs> i just moved to a different apartment and yes. rob uh helped me move furniture i did for any of our viewers that don't know what our, we're talking about which is probably most of them <laughs> <laughs> so that's our parents no we've <laughs> we've mentioned this in the last like three episodes oh, okay it's fair just, enough it's just now it's happening now it's happening it's yeah. happened It's not such an abstract, you know, nebulous thing that was going to happen in the future. No, no, it's not. Or is it nebulose? I think it's (laughs) nebulose. (laughs) Nebulose. But yeah, it happened and it's good. But uh, I did get pretty limited sleep just after running back and forth until late in the night. And then my cat meowing outside the closed door for like an hour straight until I figured he was scared in a new place. So I'd let him in. And then finally fell asleep and woke up with him under the blankets, which was pretty adorable. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) So it worked out in the end. Right. Now I got a nice new place. All thanks to you. (laughs) Well, I mean, definitely a lot of it's thanks to you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I couldn't have done it without you, Rob. I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, realistically, I probably could have done it without you. I could have found someone else to help, but I couldn't have done it without you. (laughs) 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 All right. uh, Move on to news yeah unless do you it. got any updates uh about yourself your life your hopes dreams fears spiders spiders how about yearnings do you ever yearn camping you yearn to camp i'm just doing free association over here oh okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm going camping this weekend so, nice yeah so the yearning will be fulfilled it will that's good it will be satisfied it's good to satisfy a yearning instead of just sitting around and yearning. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a tortured existence otherwise. It's true without yeah. camping. Well, just you I know, know, I know not you being mean. able to achieve that of which you yearn. That's true. Well, what if you yearn for something the society deems unacceptable? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess you got to balance your desires. As long as you're not harming other people yeah. in that yearning, I would say just do it, man. Yeah, fair enough. Woman. I guess I was thinking in my mind, going to an extreme example, like someone that yearns to be a serial killer. I hope that they well, don't right. fulfill their yearning. Yeah, no. I mean... Hopefully the police find them before they even consider fulfilling their yearning. Yeah. You need to limit your yearn- your yearning to things that don't negatively impact other people's lives. I'm with you, buddy. Yeah. Well... But not all people feel that way. It's a true story. Yeah. Speaking of which, That's let's really. turn the news. We have a... A very serious news story this week. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah. Rain Wilson skewers racists with an instantly chilling Instagram photo and story about a noose found in his friend's yard. His friend of which is of the African American persuasion who is (laughs) of the African American persuasion. I feel like just saying he's black sounds less weird to me. No, it's true. (laughs) his black friend yeah i feel like Uh, if someone said i was of the jewish persuasion i'd feel a little strange about it yeah (laughs) so his friend jeremy i don't know his last name and maybe that's on purpose Uh, his niece found a noose hanging in jeremy's yard when she arrived they contacted the police the police essentially said what's the big deal wow where was this la wow and Rain Wilson more or less has been spending his week on social media, essentially shedding light on extreme racism in our country. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And he has been applauded by a number of people on Twitter and social media. And of, of course, at the same time, lambasted by others. But, you know, mm. that's the world we live in. Yep. Yeah. Apparently, this family specifically, his friend Jeremy's great-grandfather, was an actual slave in a plantation. And actually, one time... Oh, wow. So his friend isn't named Jeremy, it's Jamie. Oh. (laughs) Sorry about that. Jeremy, bear me, baby. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, they were out golfing one time, and uh, this group came up behind them, and uh, Jamie was... Searching for his ball in the rough, and the people called out from the tee saying, We don't have all day to sit here and wait for you to pick your cotton. So, yeah, just uh, Rain Wilson being the man, being a G, yeah, being a friend, yeah, humanity in general, yeah. I'm still crazy. I mean, it's bad enough that that happened, but let alone for the police to just be like, Yeah, so what? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it should have warranted at least you know a single cop coming out to do a simple brief investigation at the very least. Yeah. And that didn't happen. I got to say this is making me rethink my mental association of the LAPD with a force as for justice and goodness in the world. <laughs> yeah, I guess they don't have corruption. a very, I guess they don't have a very good track <laughs> record when it comes to racial injustice or anything really. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that you know that doesn't apply to every officer in the LAPD, of course. But they, as far as reputations go, it's not great. the best. Not great. No. no, but uh, but even for that, even for them, this still this surprises me. Agreed. But yeah, well, that's a bummer. But props to Rain Wilson. Yeah, for good on him. At least taking the opportunity to try to help as you know, whatever he can. Out of Paper Pod stands in solidarity with Rain Wilson and his friend Jamie. Yep. Smash the fash. <laughs> that makes me think of Split That Commish. Split That Commish. <laughs> um, so on that note, any other news or is that it? That's all I saw. All right. Move on to the episode? Let's do it. All right. Uh, this episode is titled Booze Cruise. It is the 11th episode of the second season and 17th episode overall. 17th overall. Yep. I don't know how that guy does that so well. Oh, in uh, Superstore? Yeah. Yeah, I I wish I knew that actor's name off the top of my head. For any listeners who don't watch Superstore, it's worth checking out if you like The Office. Agreed. A lot of the same creative talents in terms of producing and directing and writing. And uh, yeah, it's a fun show. It is. Yeah. I I wouldn't say it's necessarily Office caliber, but it's. That doesn't mean much, you know. Most things are an office caliber and there's still plenty of good things. They also do a good job with the workplace comedy, though. I'll give them that. Yes. It doesn't have quite the emotional impact that the office does, in my opinion, but it's still good. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah. Uh, well anyway. Seventeenth overall. It was written by Greg Daniels and directed by our favorite Ken Kwipee. Ken Quipi. Yeah. Kendrick. Ken is, Ken is back, baby. Ken is back and he's coming out strong. Yes. Always does. Blues Cruise. When you bust out Ken Quapus, you're not messing around. I don't, I don't What? You just said his name correctly. I don't like that. It was that a thing to never say it correctly. Never ever. How are we going to get him on the show, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> You should By hear. continually calling him Quapi, so he has to come on here and correct it. Correct it in person. You should hear the things his manager says to me when <laughs> I reach out. <laughs> oh. All right, we've already talked about Kirk Daniels and Ken Quapi. We have a little bit here and there. Do we know? know the viewer count for this episode? Ah, uh, we do. Good point. I forgot yeah. about that. Important. Eight point six million ah. people. Drat! Drat! I'm still waiting until we. Till we cross that ten million threshold. Is it coming soon? Did you look? I hope so. I don't know. Oh. Well it'll it's be exciting to, when we do. It's got to. Yes. I mean the Christmas episode had nine point one million. We just need another nine hundred thousand viewers. And then the show could really then the sh- yeah, really could have the legs to make it into <laughs> itself. Make itself into something. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> just imagine the guest stars they could get, you know, the plot arcs. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Me either. But until then, let's move on to first clip we got. I apologize in advance for people that don't like clips. Or hopefully people do like clips. I don't know. But we got a lot of them this episode. because we're, we're getting real clippy this episode. There's a lot of important stuff. And some of the clips have long moments of silence in them. And, you know, we're just going to bear with it. So to set up this clip real quick, uh, we start with Jim in the break room staying next to a vending machine. And it looks like he's on his way out. Past Dwight, who is coming in, and that's the beginning of the clip. All right. Hey. Hello. Jim. What's up, buddy?
2: This is not funny. Why is my stuff in here?
1: Wow, that's weird. Ooh, dollar for a stapler,
2: That's pretty good. Yeah, well, I'm not paying for my own stuff. Okay, I know you did this because you're friends with the vending machine
1: guy. Oh, Steve? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Steve. What do I want? What do I want? Ooh pencil cup. Oh, no, 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 no. That's my pencil cup.
2: Um, I don't think so. I just bought it.
1: Uh, I think so.
2: And you're gonna hand it over to me.
1: I love these. Okay, fine. My wallet. Um, oh, there it is. J1. Here, you know I don't it. have any. Give you nickels.
0: <laughs> I wonder how many nickels he ultimately had to put in before he got all this stuff back. Yeah. I would imagine it was that entire bag. I'm sure Jim, you know, my line thought of, it out. My line of thinking was that the bag had exactly enough nickels for him to get his wallet out. So if he chose wisely, he could use his own money to get the rest of his stuff. But if he didn't, <laughs> he's going to only have whatever uh, one or two things he can get that aren't his wallet. Interesting. <laughs> But you never know. It was a fat sack of nickels. That would be an it expensive was. item in a vending machine. At the same time, nickels are not the smallest coin, and it takes 20 of them to equal a dollar. So, Right. Yeah. And what Usually, if it I mean, was in like a you know bag pickle thing that was like two bucks? You never know. <laughs> again, that's only 40 nickels. I feel like there was more in the bag that was handed to him. Fair enough. It was yeah, a big bag. It was a big bag. But yeah, great, great prank. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one a lot. I like that to go to the trouble of it, that Jim also had to go to the bank and, or just like go around his house or apartment and collect a giant I'm bag sure of I'm sure he went to a bank. Yeah, yeah, that would be, I mean, maybe he went through his coins and just got all of the nickels. Either that or maybe the uh, vending machine guy, mm. you know, Jim handed him a 20 and the guy gave him like 20 bucks worth of nickels <laughs> or something. That could be. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. would make sense. That's good stuff. A lot of different ways. I uh, took note of what you see of Dwight's in the vending machine, too. Um, I noticed you see a a family picture from the farm. You see, it looks like maybe his parents, a volunteer sheriff's deputy mug, a rubber band ball, a nameplate with his name on it, the pencil cup that Pam buys, a bobblehead baseball player, his wallet. And I noticed there was something else that was definitely not Part of the normal vending machine stock that was next to the framed picture, but I have no idea what it was. Huh. I don't know if you noticed it, or I no, guess not. I didn't really pay that much attention. Ah, that okay, really and right. I paused it just out of curiosity yeah, to see yeah. what it was. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure what it was. It looked like some kind of electronic device. Huh? Do you I rem- don't know what. Do you remember how high up the mug was? The mug was um in the top row. It next was. To, I think so. Man, I would imagine once you make that fall down that oh yeah <laughs> it would likely break by the time it gets that's to a the good bottom point. yeah and actually you know what it wasn't in the top row but it was in the second, second top to the top yeah because the top row was the mystery object the picture the stapler oh, okay and then i think right underneath that was the mug and the rubber band ball and the name player or maybe it was all in the top but yeah either way yeah that mug is probably <laughs> going to shatter if it just oh, yeah. fell down that's a really good point right I mean, the only thing I can think is that he sticks his hand in there to try to catch it on the way down. Oof! But yeah, that doesn't that, sound great either. That mug is done. And if that thing that you know catches the snacks and pushes them into the dispenser is metal, then his hands might not be able to do anything anyway. Yeah, that's true. Besides, he can get cut by shards of ceramic as they come down. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Dwight. Yeah. But yeah, good prank. Good stuff. So, all right. From here, we move into Michael coming into the office and greeting everybody. Uh, Dwight says hi. Phyllis immediately asks him where they're going this afternoon, and Michael responds, "The <laughs> yeah." <laughs> and then, uh, very mischievous. Yes, <laughs> does it right to the camera, uh-huh. and then we cut to Jim and Pam doing a talking head together.
2: Last week, Michael sent out this mysterious memo.
1: It's time for our first quarter camaraderie event. So, pack a swimsuit, a toothbrush, rubber soled shoes, and a ski mask.
2: A ski mask and a swimsuit. So that he can have us rob a bank
0: and then escape through the sewers.
2: And brush our teeth. <laughs>
0: Um, so yeah, the reason I wanted to clip that really, it's not like anything that's super plot important or anything, but I don't know. Well, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, it kind of sets up, you know, sets up the fact that they're all going on some trip, surprise trip that they don't really know what to expect. That's true. Yeah. Well, it sets it up, but yeah, the reason I chose to clip it was, uh, for whatever reason I always felt like that at the end is like Pam or Jenna Fisher at like her most adorable. Like I just like seeing yeah. her get like super giggly over something so uh. stupid. <laughs> I feel like you really see that uh, that big dork. It's true that you learn <laughs> she is over time. It's true, uh, and I say that with as much love as possible. Yeah, <laughs> I really like uh, as they're doing their talking head and they're explaining what Michael told them to bring. You see a shot of Kevin packing his bag. <laughs> oh yeah, I and took a he, note of this. <laughs> he packs. The tiniest little bathing suit. Yep, it's definitely like a little bright blue Speedo. <laughs> as soon as he gets, uh, I think the toothbrush is the last thing he puts in there, he kind of like smirks and looks at the side of his eye at the camera. Well, no, it wasn't a toothbrush. It was He puts his in the Speedo, mm-hmm. and then the only other thing we see him packing is he picks up a strip of condoms, and then he gives that smirk. Yeah, it's like a whole line of like light blue Trojans.
1: Wow. <laughs> like at least five or
0: six of them. And I yeah. missed that. Miss that entirely. Yeah, that's the reason for the smirk. Okay. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Yeah, both that Kevin's bringing a Speedo and <laughs> not only one condom, but like numerous condoms for a booze cruise with his co-workers. Right. That's <laughs> yeah. great. And we also see later in the episode that uh, he's the only person that brought the ski mask. That Michael requested everybody bring. Right. He's wearing it the entire party. I know. (laughs) Mostly as a hat, but I think initially as a ski mask. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, As he's getting on the boat. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's in full clad ski mask. Yep. (laughs) Kevin gets it. (laughs) So, yeah, from here we cut to Michael in his office. He gets a knock at the door, and it is Stanley who immediately starts asking him. Uh, what to expect tonight, and is cut off by Michael going <laughs> Stanley. <laughs> Bo Banley. <laughs> Banana Fanifo family. Me, my Mo Manley. Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> and this is while Stanley is constantly interjecting with questions yeah. about where they're going, and Michael keeps told him- <laughs> cutting him off with yeah. the name game. <laughs> he, told him he, kept, he told him to pack a toothbrush and they, is it going to be an overnight trip, and Michael giggles and tells him after he's done with the name game uh, that he doesn't want to tell him because the suspense is too good. Stanley says he needs to know. He needs to know if his wife is going to have to call into work tomorrow. And Michael finally relents and says, no, uh, she doesn't. And don't ruin the surprise, but they're going on a booze cruise of Lake (laughs) Wallampapak, which Stanley replies, in January, January? (laughs) it's cheaper. (laughs) Um, so yeah, Lake Pack has an interesting spelling. I took my own hand at it at first before looking up the proper one. And I was not even close. Uh, I bet. Yeah. I assume it's native American. Yeah. I mean, this part of the country, we have lots of words like that. Right. As well. Um, so yeah, from here we get a talking head with Michael where he's explaining that this isn't going to be just another party. It's a training exercise and he's going to combine elements of fun, motivation, and education (laughs) Into one single mind-blowing experience. (laughs) You know, not to set the stakes too high or anything. Yeah, (laughs) The expectation. (laughs) Um, From here, we cut to the conference room, where Michael is telling everybody basically what he just told the camera. And nobody's excited at all. No. (laughs) Except for Meredith. When he says it's a booze cruise. As soon as he mentions booze, Meredith. She cheers. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Everybody else looks very upset. Ryan asks if he can get out of it because he has a test coming up in business school. And Michael tells him, no, it is mandatory. But he is going to learn plenty, so don't worry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's going to learn more from this booze cruise than he'd ever learn at business school. This This trip is going to change Ryan's entire life. <laughs> Ryan says, well, I'm already in business school. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, Kelly asks why Michael told them to bring a bathing suit, and he says, uh, "Who's the to so throw them off the scent?" And she complains, says she bought one. He says, "You know it's fine. Just keep the tags on it. Return it." She says she can't share it. He took the tags off, and he just writes well, her off. Well, that's not my fault. Yeah, okay. We're not going to just... pay for a bathing suit, Kelly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh. And uh, then Michael turns to his right to a woman we have not seen before and says, everyone's probably wondering who this smart little cookie is. (laughs) And her name is Brenda, and she's there from corporate to learn from what Michael has to say. Judging by the deleted scene where he says, I can make you a fake ID, I have a feeling that Michael thinks this woman's like 19 or 20. Yeah, I don't know what he thinks she is. It seems like parts of the way he interacts with her in the episode... He's afraid that she could somehow get him in trouble with corporate. Right. And then other times he acts like she's, yeah, like some young intern. Right. When appearance-wise, she's clearly at minimum her late 20s, probably early 30s. exactly. And so, yeah, I don't know where he's going with this. (laughs) And yeah, their, uh, their interactions are always, it's hard to read. I don't even know. Yeah, she seems unimpressed. She just keeps on bringing up his presentation presentation, and he always freaks out and is like, okay, now I have to do it. And then she kind of smirks a little bit. And yeah, she doesn't, I don't understand their dynamic at all. No, it's very strange. Yeah. I think the, I think the main reason she's there is to try and keep Michael on task,
1: you know, because
0: they're doing this trip on company dime. I'm sure Jan is interested in seeing like what these employees are really getting out of this trip. She's probably just there to watch and report back. And, but would you think or know any of that without the deleted cold open that we saw, where Jan is there introducing Brenda to Michael? Well, no, I wouldn't. Yeah. Say, I wouldn't say that I would know that it's Jan specifically looking to see. What, but I mean, we know she's there from corporate. Yeah, we do. But I mean, I like I. I mean, I agree with what you're saying. But yeah. I feel like when I was watching that deleted scene with you, I was thinking how it was. For one thing, I feel like it would be. Maybe not annoying. Maybe it's just, you know, what are you going to do? It happens. But to come in for a week of work for an episode, to shoot a scene that just doesn't, you just aren't in the episode altogether, even though you shot a scene like Melora Hardin Mm -hmm. did for this one. Right. But besides that, that, yeah, like I feel like a lot of their relationship seems to depend on us having that information, Mm -hmm. that that's how they met. And we just don't, unless you watched that. It's true. Yeah. We were... As we went through the deleted scenes, we both agreed that this episode really should have been like a a double episode or a 40-minute episode. It should have. It seems like they pretty much had enough content to do it. Yeah, those deleted scenes are just gold. And I feel like when it comes to plot and character relationships and dynamics, Mm -hmm. it's like a heavy enough episode. There's enough going on in it that it could easily have been stretched out into a single viewing it warrants the extra Two-parter time, or a sure. two-viewing two-parter. Either yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. To be continued. Mm-hmm. That would have been great. Yeah. But- Do you think they should have done just a standard, you know, like, a weird narrator voice comes on? Man's Previously voice on was, The Office. Yeah, to be continued next week. Yeah, No. Or that one character breaks the for- the, the fourth wall, like 90s style, <laughs> and just turns to the camera and is like, let's finish this later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the problem with doing that in this episode is where do you break? Yeah. Well, I could think of a spot, too, but I don't want to say without getting to it. Yeah. I would say after Roy's announcement, without diving too much into details, Uh, I feel like that could be. Interesting. End with a zoom-in of Jim's face credits next episode. Hmm. I suppose, but I mean, by the point that happens in this episode, there's only like seven minutes of episode left that's true and most of the deleted scenes are not or before that yeah yeah that's a good point but yeah i don't know like we also said a lot of the scenes while they were great it they would have seemed like tonally off in some way like there's just nowhere to really fit it together that would have a little bit a cohesive episode whereas i feel like the episode that we are left with while it lacks those amazing scenes is a really strong episode yeah it's true yeah but now we're getting way ahead of ourselves when we should be talking about brenda Yes, Brenda. Let's talk about Brenda more. Let's find out about Brenda. There's not much to find out about Brenda. She is played by Brenda Withers. She's also in two episodes of Law & Order Criminal Intent. And it seems like she... She looks like she would be on Law & Order. She does. (laughs) (laughs) As a lawyer, a cop, or a murderer, or a murder victim. I could really see her filling in for any of those roles. Like a lawyer-murderer. Whoa. What? I like it. Um... (laughs) I've never really watched Law & Order Criminal Intent, so I don't know how common that's a... Oh, I don't... Okay. I couldn't tell you who's on what show or what what variation of Law & Order I'm watching <laughs> at any given moment. I have no idea. Fair enough. I only know the... Dun, dun. Oh, that's that. Yeah, that's Law & Order. Okay. Yeah, I've seen some randomly, but yeah, I don't know what I, it was. I have no idea. Well, that aside, she was in those episodes, and it seems like she also is friends with Mindy Kaling, which I assume is how she got her role in The Office, um, because she wrote and co-executive produced a TV movie called Mindy and Brenda in 2006, which was a sitcom about her life and her friendship with Mindy Kaling. I bet it's adorbs. It might be. (laughs) Let's throw it on the list. Let's do it. Let's do it. On the list. All right. And she also wrote an episode of the 2008 TV series The Berg, which I... Don't really know what it is. Alec Berg. It's <laughs> a great John Houseman name. <laughs> Mr. Bug. <Berg. laughs> Seinfeld reference for anybody who yes. might be confused. It's funny. I feel like we've been fitting in like at least one Seinfeld reference in most of our episodes. Yeah. I feel like with Seinfeld references though, it's not even I mean, yeah. I feel like with the office episodes, I just get into that mode when we're doing this podcast. The Seinfeld, I feel like that's just how I live my life. I know. Just pepper in Seinfeld references. Every day. I especially like to do it with people that are younger than us who haven't seen Seinfeld because they just think you're hilariously original and clever. (laughs) (laughs) But nope. No. You just uh, remember stupid things and repeat them. (laughs) It's not even a skill. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to that. Away from Brenda. Away from Brenda. Brenda Withers. Um, We get a talking head with Michael where he explains that he is actually a great motivational speaker. And he owes a lot of it to a Tony Robbins promotion he attended at the airport. And, uh, well, it wasn't actually a Tony Robbins course, but it was an event advertising the course. Right. But Michael still feels that he got a lot out of it, and he's incorporated a lot of Tony Robbins motivational philosophies in his own course. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, from here, we have one of our long clips, which... Yeah, again, it's it's just... It's really the official beginning of Michael's presentation. It is, and uh, it just seemed like it was all good stuff. I didn't know what I could leave out, so... Yeah, no, this is a highlight of this episode for me, for sure. Indeed. Let's roll it. Leader. Ship.
2: The word ship is hidden inside the word leadership as its derivation. So... If this office is, in fact, a ship, as its leader, I am the captain, but we're all in the same boat. Teamwork. Last year, Michael's theme was bowl over the competition, so guess where we went? Now, on this ship that is the office, what is the sales department? Anyone? How about the sales department?
1: Is the sales?
2: Yes, Daryl. The sales department makes sales. Good. Let me just explain. I see the sales department as the furnace. A furnace?
1: Yeesh, How old is yeah. the ship?
2: How about the anchor? What does the furnace do? All right. Let's not get hung up on the furnace. This just—it's the sales. Do- I see the sales department are down there. They're in the engine room and they are shoveling coal into the furnace. Right. I mean, who saw the movie Titanic? They were very important in the movie Titanic. Who saw it? Show of hands.
1: I'm not really sure what movie you're talking about. I sure you got the title right?
2: Titanic? I think you're thinking of The Hunt for Red October. No, I'm Leo DiCaprio. Come on.
1: Michael stands in the front of the boat and says that he's king of the world within the first hour, or I give you my next paycheck.
2: Michael, everyone in the engine room drowned. No. Thank you. Spoiler alert. You saw the movie, those of you who did. You... you they're happy down there in the furnace room. And they're dirty and grimy and sweaty and they're singing their ethnic songs and actually that might be warehouse. What? The no no, no I didn't Okay. Well, the... okay, in a nutshell what I'm saying is leadership. We'll get we'll talk more about that on the boat. Ship.
0: Aye, aye captain. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's nothing more satisfying than Michael presenting something as all of his employees are just sitting there constantly poking holes in his analogies and metaphors (laughs) and whatever he's saying. They're just there to, like, you know, (laughs) insert logic into the equation. And when Michael gets frustrated as that's happening, it's just, I don't know. I love it. (laughs) That's one of my favorite. And the only person that actually tries to productively contribute to Michael is Daryl, <laughs> who Michael both misunderstands <laughs> and then writes off like Daryl said something stupid due to Michael's misunderstanding of what he said. So condescending. <laughs> yeah. Daryl just looks down at the ground and it just kind of shakes his head like, Good, Daryl. The sales team makes sales. <laughs> <laughs> So I feel like Daryl, yeah. like, he looks Look at his face it's like he could say something and keep it going, but like, is it worth it? <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> Poor Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> they're down there, and they're happy, and they're singing their ethnic songs, <laughs> dirty and sweaty. <laughs> well, it seems like Michael got a lot of that Tim Robbins course. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, anyway, moving on from here, we... See the office crew boarding the ship as Michael sings the Gilligan's Island theme song. Mm-hmm. He declares Jim and Katie to be the professor and Ginger mm-hmm. as they board the ship. Angela is Mrs. Howell. <laughs> and I have to say that's pretty spot on. Yeah. Based on enjoying that show as a kid. Mm-hmm. Kelly is the native. <laughs> oh, God. And, Who uh, came from <laughs> neighboring islands? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Michael. <laughs> Stanley is one of the Harlem Globetrotters. Trotters. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> and Michael is the skipper. And Dwight can be Gilligan. Uh, the man next to Michael on the boat tells Michael that he's actually the skipper, but Michael can be Gilligan. <laughs> Michael says he would rather die and introduces himself as captain of the party. <laughs> the man introduces himself as Captain Jack, captain of the ship, and anyone who sets foot on it. <laughs> and uh, Michael... Already seems to be having a problem with this relationship. Yes. Um, From here, we cut to Michael. It looks like he's sitting on the stern with the camera by himself, maybe in a stairwell. And he's saying that in an office, your manager is higher than captain. (laughs) And on a boat, who knows? Who knows? It's (laughs) nebulose. More great made up words than Michael. Yeah. (laughs) He was close to that one, at least. He was. It was really just a mispronunciation. That's true. You got the word right. Yeah, I don't want to give Michael credit for getting the word right though. <laughs> okay. He so rarely gets the word right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, you can give him credit. I just don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, from here, we cut to the boat departing, and we see that Michael is declared himself king of the world. He is standing, and uh, Jim looks at the camera and points to his wristwatch. Mm-hmm. What was the bet that he made? Uh, it was if it within the first hour. hour. Yeah. yeah, or else he gives the camera and camera guy and the crew his first paycheck. Right. Or his next paycheck. So it looks like he probably got in under the wire, probably oh. somewhere at about five to 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny about that scene is Michael says, I'm king of the world, and he's standing on the front of the ship, but the ship is moving backwards. Right. <laughs> it's leaving the dock and like reversing out. <laughs> so it's like he's not even like. I don't know. That yeah. was that was just funny to me. <laughs> no, not, it was great. The wind's not even at his face. It's like coming from behind. Yeah. <laughs> and the only people there are Dwight and Jim. Yeah, and Captain Jack, who just looks disgusted, right? As he's picking up some ropes of some kind. Oh, I guess ropes that were probably tying into the dock. Yes. And uh, <laughs> Dwight seems into it though. He appreciates. Of course, it. he's a Michael Scott sycophant. Yep. Yeah. Anything, we <laughs> anything Michael does. We could also bring up the deleted scene from this uh, scene where right after Michael Uh-oh. finishes shouting he's king of the world, we see Toby run up to the dock. Oh, yeah. And uh, Michael <laughs> yells at him, like, what's he doing over there? Why isn't he on the boat? And he says he got lost. <laughs> and Captain Jack offers, you know, we could go back. <laughs> Michael's like, no. No, leave him. That's his punishment for being late. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, we see Toby turn to the camera and smirk and say, maybe he shouldn't have stopped off for dinner. Right. He obviously didn't really want to be there. Of course. I also want to point out that during Michael's leadership uh, spiel in the office, there's a deleted scene where Pam suggests that the sales team might be the anchor. Right. And Michael says, no. (laughs) No, The sales team isn't the anchor. The anchor slows the ship down. If anything, Toby's the anchor. (laughs) (laughs) Then he introduces Toby to Brenda as being the worst. That's right. Brenda says she already knows Toby from some party. (laughs) Right. Because, I mean, Toby is corporate, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure she knows him. And he's one of the more normal people in the office at this point. So It's true. Yep. Maybe that explains Brenda's relationship with Michael. Maybe she got to know Toby. Toby explained Michael, and she was just like, I'm just going to mess with this guy this entire time, because he's the worst. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Jan filled her head with ideas about Michael as well. That's true. I mean, again, that was only in the deleted scene. but <laughs> In the deleted scene, they did have the line where <laughs> yeah. Michael asks Brenda if he and Jan could have the room, and she says that Jan instructed her to say no if he asked her that. (laughs) (laughs) Michael looks at Jan and just says, you said that? And Jan just gives him this like stone-cold look back, doesn't even say anything, just (laughs) looks at him. It's great. (laughs) Well, back on the booze cruise, uh, let's talk about Captain Jack. Captain Jack. Captain Jack. Rob Riggle. He is. He is Rob Riggle. I always love me some Rob Riggle. He's great. Always fun. He's just the perfect comedic antagonist. I I don't know. He is. He does a lot of kind of villain roles. I mean, I've seen him in a lot of non-villainous roles as well. But he's very boisterous and domineering in scenes. So I feel like he he plays a good antagonist because he really good with the quips and the one line put downs he is and he's silly but he can also be like mean and sarcastic yeah exactly and imposing because he's physically like a pretty big guy yes yeah yeah i think he was actually in the military he was i was about to bring that up right okay there you go um so yeah rob riggle he is a comedian actor and a united states marine corps reserve lieutenant colonel boom Which is, uh, as far as my very limited understanding of military ranks or marine ranks goes, that's actually decently high rank. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, not easy to get to that. So, anyhow, he was born April 21st, 1970 in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, His parents worked in insurance. He's been on numerous TV series and movies like The Lorax in 2012. 21 Jump Street, also in 2012. And, yeah, I've seen him in just tons of stuff over the years. He's, uh, for our viewers who have watched the series Modern Family, he is a competing realtor to Phil Dunphy, and he is very great in that role. Oh, nice. Yeah. I really gotta check out that show one of these days. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you would like it. Okay, fair enough. To be honest, after like the fourth or fifth season, I really only watched it for... Ed O'Brien's acting and Eric Stone Street, who played Jay and Cameron, respectively. Ed O'Neill. I always call him Ed O'Brien. It's Ed O'Neill. <laughs> Even Carrie corrects me on that one all the time. I don't know what it is. I've just got it stuck in my head that he's an O'Brien. He just looks like an O'Brien to you. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I guess O'Briens and O'Neills probably herald from roughly the same part of the world. So yeah, probably. I just yeah. learned of some who just got the middle name of o'brien recently o'brien yeah one of carrie's friends uh his niece is gonna be valencia o'brien i don't know the last i can't remember the last name but Garro something like that yeah very very strange it's kind of it's not a bad name. flow though i feel like with yeah. the, considering the rest of the name it works It's just funny to, to have in like o'brien in the middle of your name as opposed to the end i guess so yeah but hey, you know. Yeah. It's 2019. What if your last name also started with an O? That would be interesting. So you were like Rob O'Brien o- Mally. Hanaran, O'Malley. Anoran O'Malley. Anoran. Oh, Anoran. Oh, <laughs> Where did that one come from? I don't know. Interesting. It just came to me. Anoran. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a real name. I know. That's why I'm so <laughs> intrigued. That was the uh, 17th US president. <laughs> Joseph O'Hanoran. Sounds plausible though doesn't it does, It does yeah. yeah I mean I, I Maybe not the O part in I didn't terms want of debate. US presidents, that's but yeah, that's Joseph Hanaran I could see that being a president Have we had any like full-blown Irish I don't think so Was uh no I think uh John F Kennedy was uh You're right he was I yeah. think that's he was a big deal for that reason he was the first like Irish Catholic president Right And I maybe we've had them since I honestly I have don't no think idea. so, though but, so anyway, back to Rob Riggle, because that's what we were just talking about. <laughs> I don't even know where we were anymore. So yeah, it looks like he uh, graduated from the University of Kansas, with a BA in theater and film, and then after that joined the Marines. Hmm. And got a master's degree from Webster University in public administration. He intended to be a Marine Corps pilot, but left the military to pursue a career in comedy. Which is an interesting trajectory. Yeah, it really is. You go to college, you get your undergrad in theater and film, you join the military, and then get your master's in public administration. Uh-huh. It's just, wow. That's He's a well-rounded individual. And considering his rank in the reserves, you know, he succeeded. Oh, yeah. He uh, was a featured cast member on Saturday Night Live during the 2004-2005 season he was in comedy central's daily show in 2006 as a correspondent which i definitely remember oh yeah uh he was in arrested development Chappelle show 30 rock uh, step brothers he was great in that yeah the hangover the other guys and he's uh, good in the other guys too i think his i think it was brief yeah it was brief but he was good yeah and uh he also performed stand up comedy so he is a pretty active worker and yeah as you said always fun to see him and stuff yeah Always leaves me satisfied and smiling. (laughs) That's one guy I would be a little nervous heckling. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely wouldn't want to heckle him. No. I mean, I don't think I'd want to heckle anybody in any context, but... Well, no. Especially not him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, anyhow, that is Captain Jack. And from here, we see Captain Jack introducing himself to everyone on the boat. He is going over the safety rules and cracking some jokes while Michael is nonstop trying to speak over him every line captain jack says michael's just butting in at some point captain jack is saying you know if they need to evacuate the ship the evacuation points are easy on that boat it's anywhere over the sides michael is standing next to him pantomiming like a (laughs) flight attendant on a plane you know pointing to different areas yeah I feel like at one point his finger is pretty much in Captain Jack's face while he's pantomiming. Well, after that, he also says, but don't don't even worry about that because we're not going to need it. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Jack interjects, yeah, well, we might, you know? We might, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, Captain Jack basically tells Michael, you know, it's time to sit down. And Michael keeps going. If this boat's rocking. <laughs> don't come a <anakin'." laughs> And uh, he tells him, yeah, you know, sit down and, you know, let him and his staff do their jobs. And Right. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Just building the tension between them a little more. Yes, and Michael eventually does sit down to uh, protest, I guess. (laughs) And uh, from here we cut to Jim, Katie, Pam, and Roy at a table. And uh, Katie is saying that it's like high school and they're at the cool table. and Roy likes this idea very much. Yeah, he's laughing and agreeing. And uh, I I was going to bring this up specifically to... And uh, I guess I'll bring it up after we talk about this because I found something in this scene very weird. Mm-hmm. So from here, Katie asks Pam if she was also a cheerleader in high school. Roy laughs and says, "No, you know, Pam was a big art nerd. She wore a turtleneck and everything." And Katie says, "Oh, that's hilarious, Jim." You know, protests a little. He's like, "I don't know if it's hilarious, not and, hilarious, yeah." But okay, and he just is kind of ignored. I feel like by everybody Except including Pam. Him. Yeah, I think Pam recognizes I mean, Pam notices, him, but. Defending her honor, Pam. He defends your honor.
1: <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but from here, this is the point that I found weird. Okay. So from here, they uh, Roy says to Katie that she looks familiar. She says what school she went to. I think she says Bishop O'Hara. And he says, hey, slob, who cares? Mm-hmm. And he's like, we played you in football. And he's like, did you cheer for them? You look familiar. Like, were you a cheerleader? And she says, Yeah, I cheered. And he seems blown away by this fact. Even though yeah, she literally just said, Were you also a cheerleader? to Pam, like three seconds prior to that. So but I've noticed that happens from time to time in shows, and I wonder if it's just maybe the way people communicate sometimes, like organically, is not always the most natural flow. Yeah. Or if I wonder, like whenever I see that, I feel like I've noticed it in curb your enthusiasm a few times. Where Larry is like talking, I think it was like to Ted or to Mary Steenbergen's mother, and he's like, "Yeah, I love to cook." He's like, "I'll I'll make an omelet, I'll flip you out." And the next line is, it cuts to a shot of her going, "You cook," and it's like that seems like it was out of place somewhere. Like maybe they, oh, I mean, I don't know. I think she was just more like expressing that she's surprised that a man is cooking. Well, no, I get that, but she already expressed. I guess I didn't. I like cut off some of this but i feel like they already like she expressed surprise over it and then he goes into more detail about how much she cooks and then she like asks him again but it's like it's possible at least in this context of uh cheerleading cheerleading with roy and everything it's possible that maybe he went off script a little bit flubbed a line and you know the director essentially just decided it's not so awkward that we can't include it that could be i feel like i'm being needlessly nitpicky but it just always every time i've watched this episode (laughs) that one exchange always sticks out to me is like yeah it does a little what was roy it does a little yeah and i mean sometimes you know people will be talking to me and i get a random thought in my head and i don't listen as close right you don't catch it i was gonna i was gonna suggest that as being a possibility too So that could be in which case if anything that makes the flow and the writing that much better that it's so natural that it's coming off as awkward because real right. life conversations yeah are a lot more awkward than TV conversations. Right. And we know Roy's not the sharpest tool in the shed. No. So. But he is a tool. Oh. <laughs> shot's fired. Um but yeah, no that's a good point. Well anyway, uh yeah, they bond over their cheerleading as we and She starts about. she starts doing her little cheerleader routine. She does. I think she just starts chanting the word awesome. Yeah a w e s o m e and as she's doing it (laughs) pam is kind of looking at jim almost chiding him and like pretending like she's getting hyped by what she's doing well i feel like first we get a shot of jim giving like this expression that i feel like is just like a jim like yeah like what are you gonna do exactly just this is (laughs) this is who she is you know yep (laughs) and yeah then i I feel like you get that chiding definitely of I, lo- I love the expression on Pam's face while she's doing it too. I can't oh, yeah. even really put it into words, but it's like just it's making just, fun a, of yeah, and condescending. It's and, a sarcastic cheerleader face. Yeah, but yeah. it's just, I don't know, something she's doing with her mouth is just a very funny thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: She's,
0: you're doing it. I don't know what it is you're doing, but you just did it perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's just like the fake hype face. Like, yeah. You're that's not like hyped. That's what it is. You're not hyped, yeah. but you're trying to get the crowd hyped, and it's totally. just not coming across as genuine yeah yeah i feel like both she and john krasinski are great with their facial expressions oh yeah it's a whole story of those faces and yeah <laughs> there is a moment in this episode where that's pretty much all it is oh yeah yeah that's a good thing we clipped it so I we know. Really a <laughs> yeah. <that> long pronounced <laughs> moment of silence we're not there yet but we'll get there we'll get there yeah. um so yeah jim uh after this after Pam making fun of Katie, we see Jim kind of looking at her one more time, and he's just like, oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just It seems like his mind is slightly blown by, like, oh, this is who she is. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's also one thing I was going to bring up about the awkwardness of their conversation. Not only does Roy not remember that she brought up that she would cheerleads, but neither does Jim. Because when Roy asks her if she was a cheerleader, Jim looks at Katie and goes, no, no, you weren't. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i stand by my point yeah for both of them to have spontaneously just been completely ignoring her seems unlikely again that makes me think that she spoke out of turn saying that she was a cheerleader and then right. jim and roy and the rest were just following the script and for whatever reason it the cut was yeah. just the best one yeah it didn't make sense that you know they're asking her these questions after she had already clarified so, yeah, yeah. And it's just you know i mean it happens it's it tv yeah but yeah, it just always stuck out to me. Man, we have really analyzed that. We have that 15 second scene. Maybe this should be a two parter <laughs> podcast. We just, maybe we can finish this one up talking about that scene. Yeah, to be continued. <laughs> maybe a little more about religious religion when it comes to U.S. presidents. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I'm sorry, people. I don't even know what this is anymore. What <laughs> is my life? <laughs> All right, so from here we cut to Michael asking Brenda if she's having fun. She says, yeah, and he says, yeah, you know, people in Scranton are a lot nicer than you New Yorkers. New Yorkers. (laughs) And she cuts him off and asks him uh, when he plans to start the presentation. And uh, We have another bit of a long clip, but it's good stuff. Indeed. Let's roll the clip. Yes.
2: Okay. Listen up, all you dunder Mifflinites. I would like to talk to you all about life preservers. Now, one important life preserver in business is IT support. (laughs) Not now, Mike. We're doing the limbo. (laughs) That's right, partiers. It's time to limbo, limbo, limbo. All right. Hey, I need a volunteer to come up here and hold my stick. Huh? Who's it going to be? Me, 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 me. Usually, it's a woman. I'm stronger.
0: Hey, I got an idea. How would you like to steer the ship, Dwight? Keep us on a steady course. Keep a sharp eye out, I'm counting on you.
2: I was the youngest pilot in Pan Am history. When I was four, the pilot let me ride in the cockpit and fly the plane with him. And I was four, and I was great. And I would have landed it, but my dad wanted us to go back to our seats. Nope. Dance contest. All right, we'll have a motivational dance contest. Hit it. Yeah. Okay, dancing. It is a primal art form used in ancient times to express yourself with the body. And communicate. Sometimes you have to take a break from being the kind of boss that's always trying to teach people things. Sometimes you have to just be the boss of dancing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that long period of uh, music was Michael doing a lot of various dances. (laughs) Uh, I know the worm made an appearance in there by himself right i want to note that when uh captain jack asked if anyone wanted to hold his stick he pointed the stick at meredith and meredith was walking up to grab it yep but dwight jumps up and gets in front of meredith and says (laughs) i want to hold it i want to hold it Uh, it was so good and captain jack is obviously like very let down that (laughs) meredith didn't grab his stick well she'll grab a stick later (laughs) yeah it's true and uh yeah the dance moves michael's doing yeah i want to know what the name is for the knee slap i know you know what's funny is uh it's kind of like a world music egyptian almost sounding song it is got like egyptian melodies and it's just funny to me that they picked that song to start the dance contest as michael's describing this ancient art form (laughs) yeah or primal art form used to communicate yeah. using the body. <laughs> it's just funny that that is the the, the first song yeah. that whoever was in charge of the music put on. I almost it, it almost sounds like a very cheaply made karaoke track. Apparently, it's "Get Busy" by Sean Paul. I wonder. It must have. It must have been a karaoke vergi- version then, or at least all instrumental. But I have a hard time believing that Sean Paul would have that poor of production quality on a backing track hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah. i don't know I love, <laughs> I love michael's attempts at the worm yeah he's essentially just like pushing his body up into the air and doing <laughs> belly flops onto the floor it looks painful oh, it looked horrible it looked really bad yeah He didn't look like he was having very much fun doing it either. I mean, he was probably, at the very least, pretty sore after that, (laughs) if not a bit injured. (laughs) Absolutely. So, from here we cut to Dwight at the front of the ship. And uh, he is steering (laughs) the ship after Captain Jack delegated responsibility to him. Yes. (laughs) He uh, is sitting there with a very clearly fake, old-looking wooden wheel. (laughs) It's a wooden wheel. It's not attached to anything. No, (laughs) There's no pulley system that's... Going into the boat, it's just a standalone wooden wheel on a metal rod. <laughs> somehow convinces Dwight, and uh, I love that he's singing "Drunken Sailor" yeah to himself. <laughs> Even when we get that, uh, I guess it's not. A, it's kind of a talking head clip because he's addressing the cameras directly. Where he's steering the ship, you see him just like very slowly swaying the wheel <laughs> yeah. left and right, as if like the water is moving the rudder. Right. <laughs> Oh, it's so good! <laughs> yeah, it's really good. <laughs> um, so yeah, Angela comes out and asks Dwight to come in and spend time with her, and he says, "Do you want us to run a ground woman, <laughs> Captain Jack? Put me in charge of steering the ship." <laughs> yeah, and she sighs and goes inside, and then the camera pans up to the actual pilot enclosed <laughs> in an actual cockpit right. using a actual control panel from a modern boat it's hilarious to think that they would actually stick the real pilot like outside on a river in pennsylvania in january (laughs) and that a modern cruise small cruise boat would be piloted by a open air steering wheel or even just a wooden steering wheel at all well I mean, it might be made of wood, but it's not going to look anything like that nowadays. I feel like ones I've seen, they kind of seem like they're more of an angle. It's not just standing up. Yeah. Yeah, And it is usually part of a larger control panel. It's not just a standalone wheel that you're controlling the (laughs) rudder with. And there's no other controls (laughs) for this modern electric boat. (laughs) Right. (laughs) No way to accelerate or slow down or reverse. Yeah. and I'm sure that the boat's insurance company for this like booze cruise is perfectly cool with random passengers being <laughs> assigned to right. drive the boat for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> but I think Captain Jack has Dwight's number. He knows what he's doing. Absolutely. <laughs> As we just saw. Yeah. <laughs> so uh from here we have yet another clip. A lot of clips. Clippity clip clip. Yep. But uh it's an important one, and it is uh, Jim and Pam having a conversation. and oh. oh, actually, I think maybe I need to set it up a bit. You I do. Know if I, you definitely do. Yeah, I left my notes a little sparse. So we start inside the booze cruise while uh, the party's getting a little rowdy. Yeah. And uh, Daryl is taking... Well, no, we see Roy do a shot through a snorkel. Oh, right, snorkel shots. And he sits down, and someone goes over to Daryl and starts setting him up with a snorkel shot. Right. And Pam comes over and says to Roy, Hey, do you want to go hang out somewhere a little more quiet so we can talk? Good call. Yes. And Roy says, uh, Yeah, yeah, just one minute. Daryl's about to take a shot. Then you hear him go, Daryl, Daryl, Daryl. <laughs> well, you did a much better job setting up than me. <laughs> Maybe I was having a mini stroke when I was writing That's this portion okay. of the outline. <laughs> so then we assume that, uh, you know, Jim and Pam make eye contact and neither of them are really into the goings on of the party at the moment so they both step outside right nicely done sir
1: (laughs) (laughs) Daryl Daryl
2: it's getting kind of rowdy down there
1: yeah Daryl Daryl (laughs) Daryl
2: sometimes I just don't get Roy I mean I don't know (laughs) <laughs> so What's it like dating a cheerleader?
0: <laughs>
1: no Um <laughs> Maybe
0: we should just cut this clip <laughs> It's a terrible clip just start from the top. I'm cold.
1: <laughs>
0: it would be funny to leave in the clip and then just after the clip's done, we're just laughing harder than we've laughed at any of the jokes in the episode so far. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep the clip in there and I'm just going to keep us laughing over it. Because of how ridiculous it is that we clipped a scene that's mostly like silent exchanges and facial expressions, I dig it. Is this recording us now? Oh yeah, it's been perfect. It it recorded us throughout the whole clip. We should probably just leave this to them. I'm gonna leave it. Well, yeah, that was our long (laughs) and awkward and silent clip. (laughs) Before we started recording this, there was Dan sent me all of the time codes to clip the episode. And as I was clipping it, I was clipping that scene and I was like, why are we clipping this? You can't hear anything of what's actually happening in the scene. So, now we're going to leave it in as as we as we recorded it. That's why we're laughing so hard during the silent moments, which is very impactful when you're watching it. <laughs> It's all in the pauses. It's all in the pauses. (laughs) Which is true. It's very true in this scene. It is. So, uh, to put that context, (laughs) that scene into context beyond us laughing about it. Uh, Not laughing because of the content, just because of uh, us deciding to clip it. (laughs) But yeah, I feel like it is a pretty impactful scene, joking aside. Yes. Uh, And it just speaks to, again, that amazing facial acting by Jenna Fisher and John Krasinski. Absolutely or I feel like just the variety of expressions that they both have play over their faces and the exchange. Yeah. Especially and, Jim. Yeah, for sure. Like, I feel like with Pam, it's more, you know, after she kind of asks him how it is to date a cheerleader, she mm-hmm. kind of slips from like a teasing expression to feeling a little awkward. Yeah. As he doesn't answer and then kind of trails off and gives her a look that, basically it's just like i love you pam yeah so that look is just like a very loaded look and absolutely. just absolutely it's just a lot of a lot of longing a lot of yearning yeah a lot of pain of like not being able to say what he wants to say mm-hmm. because of what's going on right now and like magically her psychically intuiting all of those things from that look as well mhm which i guess which- is just part of the splendor of being human i was going to say too that's also a big part of their chemistry is that, you know, some of this stuff doesn't need to be said. they both know each other so well. Yeah. They know she knows exactly what he's thinking. Just feels too uncomfortable to really confront those feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even just outside of their relationship, I feel like it's crazy how much of our brain is dedicated to interpreting facial expressions and how nuanced those interpretations can get. How when someone you know a smiling if you like physically measure their face and it's like maybe 3 millimeters difference in like an eye or a corner of a mouth mm-hmm. you get a completely different vibe from looking at one picture versus the other or yeah yeah so true and uh it's all about the micro expressions and yeah i feel like they're both really talented at doing that and i feel like very true yeah i mean that's really when it comes down to it what separates a good actor from a not great actor yeah is being able to like Emote, very complicated feelings in a single look on your face. That's not easy. Yeah, Yeah. it's an interesting thing. Props to the both of them. Yes. For that scene. (laughs) Which we (laughs) clipped. (laughs) It's all about the pauses. I love it. It's like jazz, (laughs) (laughs) Rob. I learned it on the streets. On the ghetto, in fact. On the ghetto, in fact. (laughs) (laughs) On the ghetto, in fact, is one of the greatest... Phrases ever. That's amazing. <laughs> well, anyway, back on the boat, not on the ghetto. <laughs> uh, we see Captain Jack is now with Michael and Dwight, and he asks Michael what the presentation is about that Michael's been going on about this whole time. And Michael says, it's about using the boat as an analogy for business. And then poses the question, if the boat is a business and it's sinking, who do you save? Captain Jack says, women and children. Michael says no to salesmen and profit centers. <laughs> Captain Jack says it's a stupid analogy. It's a stupid analogy. And Michael says, well, that's because he doesn't know anything about leadership. Jack, uh, Captain Jack retorts after Michael accuses him of not knowing anything about leadership that he captained a ship in Desert Storm. And uh, he says the name of the ship. I don't remember exactly what it was. It's like a yeah, USS yeah. One Cyclone, yada, yada, yada. It sounds impressive. Yeah. Dwight gets very impressed and, you know, immediately just starts fawning over Captain Jack, saying that, uh, you know, he should be the motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, to which Michael protests and Dwight says, well, you know, Jack, Captain Jack delegates. He even <laughs> let Dwight steer the ship for the past hour. And I like that we get a little shot of Captain Jack where he looks like he feels a little bad about yeah. that. <laughs> a little remorse. And then he just kind of, like, stares back at the bar in front of him. like, <laughs> well... <laughs> but I like I like that glimmer that, you know, it could have you could have looked at Captain Jack and seen a smirk on his face, but instead it's just, you know, this It's like oh this guy's an idiot and I got him out of my way, but he's a harmless idiot. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> I just had him sitting on the the outside of my ship in, you know, fifteen degree weather or yeah. whatever. <laughs> probably not fifteen degrees or well, with, the, with the wind chill yeah. it probably was at least fifteen. That's true. Yeah. The air on top of a river in the winter is is not inviting. (laughs) That is true. Um, From here, we cut to Katie and Pam are together, and Katie is saying that she's impressed that Pam is engaged and asking, how would she pull that off? She would love to be engaged. Pam says, well, it's been three years and no end in sight, so she's probably not the person to ask for advice. And uh, from here, we have... I think our longest clip yet Hmm. But at least there's no awkward silences in it For the most part I'm still laughing about that (laughs) I'm like over here I'm sure listeners can't hear me But I'm like trying to bite my bottom (laughs) lip So I don't keep laughing I'm enormously proud of what I did for that timestamp, Rob (laughs) (laughs) Oh man Um, So let's cut to this clip (laughs) Okay Suppose your office building's on fire Jim, who would you save?
1: Um, Let's see. uh, The customer. Because the customer's king.
2: Not what I was looking for, but a good thought. He's just sucking up.
1: When you were in the Navy, did you um, ever almost die? Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. And I wasn't thinking about some customer. I was thinking about my first wife. The day I got back on shore, I married her.
1: You know what, I would save the receptionist. I just wanted to clear that up.
0: Hey everybody, um, can I get your attention for uh, just a second? you listen to me for a second? Um, we were up at the front and we were talking about that's uh, really important and
1: Pam, um, I think enough is enough. I think we should set a date for our wedding. Uh, June 10th, come on, let's do it.
2: conversation about making commitments and making choices, right? Did I motivate you? No, it's, it's Captain Jack. Well, it hey, uh, could have been either one of us because we're pretty much are saying the same thing. Congratulations. That is great. we got to
1: celebrate! <laughs> hey, hey, hey,
0: hey, hey, I got an idea. I got an idea. I can marry you right now as captain of the ship. Huh? Yes. Huh?
2: I can marry you as regional manager. Thunder Mifflin! No, 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 no. I want my mom and dad to be there. Then I'll give you away! No, no, thank you. Do you think that'll ever be
1: us? No. What is wrong with you? Why did you even bring me here tonight? I don't know. Let's break up.
2: Whoa, what? <laughs> <laughs>
0: funny uh watching this episode for recording today i have had that background song stuck in my head all day <laughs> really <laughs> what song <laughs> is that <laughs> I, I don't feel know like i'm familiar with it i've <laughs> I have heard no, it I, somewhere I, I think it's a, a scrantone original really the scrantones ah, i think it's an original maybe so yeah we learned the name of the backing band uh from jenna fisher's video blog that she did specifically about this episode right uh it's all it's on youtube if you guys are interested you should check it out there's a lot of really good behind the scenes stuff like we figure out that a lot of this episode was shot in like the wee hours of the morning split between yeah. two nights it's intense in the uh, well it didn't make it into the final cut of the episode but there's a deleted scene with ryan vomiting off <laughs> the ship which uh was not staged no He took some off-brand Dramamine, and it was not sitting well. It was not. And Pam, yeah, it's funny, because Pam caught that clip. Mm -hmm. Jenna, I guess. Well, yeah, Jenna caught that clip with her camera, but the lead scene was obviously not from her camera. So the camera guy must have been out there, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if someone's doing that, you might as well try and catch it and put it in the show if it's going to work. Yep. Yeah. We also get a deleted scene of <laughs> Meredith throwing up at one point and that also looked very real. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I've taken Dramamine before for motion sickness and it didn't do anything for me. Was it off-brand? I don't think so. Oh, I, it didn't help you though either, you're saying? Right. No, uh, yeah. I, I don't I hadn't ever been seasick prior to this. I was on a, a family reunion cruise. Uh-huh. And you know, I I had been on boats my entire life living in Florida. And something about the very, like, slow rock back and forth on a ship. Like, literally, yeah. like, maybe a full minute per left and right rocking cycle. Like, something about that constant motion made me feel really sick. Had you ever been on a cruise before? Yes. Okay, a weird. Couple, a couple of it them. It affected you that way that yeah, I know. suddenly. Yeah. I don't know what it was. It's
1: possible, yeah, I mean-
0: it's possible that this was the first cruise I had been on. I wasn't of drinking age, but I was drinking on the ship. Uh-oh. So, and my cousins go at it pretty hard. <laughs> so I was trying to keep up as like a 20-year-old. And yes, there were many a morning I woke up on that cruise ship feeling not great. So that I think that might have had something to do with yeah, it. Yeah, it could have contributed. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yes. Well, uh... <laughs> talk about the clip uh, a lot happened there yes roy and pam getting engaged mm-hmm. uh or and setting was, a date i guess yeah i was gonna say uh officially engaged we didn't we didn't you couldn't hear it in the clip but as jim talks to the camera and says that he would have saved the receptionist just to clear that up he walks directly over to pam right. and it seems like he's about to you know say something to her yeah Although, let the cat out of the bag. Katie was also sitting right next to her. Well, it seems like Jim was going over there and trying to get Pam to come talk to him privately. And before he can even, you know, get Pam's attention, Roy gets on the mic and sets the date. So maybe Pam would have informed Jim that Katie told her to say no if Jim asked her that question. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Katie has any reason to feel that insecure just yet. No. Although it does seem like their relationship's kind of been on the out prior to this episode or at least maybe just like well they dated for a little while and then just they didn't see each other for a little while prior to this that's the vibe i get maybe i think it's also you know every time that they've hung out since the fire episode it hasn't been with pam there well no but also i'm just thinking back to the party at jim's place and email surveillance that's true she wasn't there No, and Ryan specifically asked about her if she was going to show up. And Jim says, No, actually, I haven't talked to her for a little while. You're right. And he asks if he could ask her out. (laughs) We can talk about that later. (laughs) Yeah. So that makes me think it was like kind of an, you know, on for a while and then off for a while and then maybe. Yeah. As like a way to kind of, you know, try to deal with his own sadness and insecurity and evolving the night and just to have someone else there to distract from it he had just reached out to her again and it's like you know what better way to get someone to go out with you again if they haven't seen you for a while and might not have a reason to want to than to be like hey it's like free booze cruise like you want to come with for a night yeah sounds pretty good worst case scenario just don't hang out with that person you're still on a boat it's true with a lot of other people presumably right i mean she seems still pretty into him she does, yeah. yeah. But I feel like he's been the one giving mixed signals, if anything. Yeah, for sure. For sure yeah. yeah. I don't think them not talking was anything she initiated. No. But yeah, that's just all I'm saying. Yeah. Just overanalyzing this fictional relationship. <laughs> <laughs> the ins and the outs and the what have yous. Yeah. And uh, after everyone gets all excited and starts clapping, Jim sits down defeated. Um, but in the deleted scene, actually. Oh, God. Yeah. Really cringy. Uh, Katie, without Jim's knowledge that she was going to do this, proposes that Jim give a toast to the happy, engaged couple, or re-engaged. Yeah. And Jim's totally taken off guard, like, tries to quiet her down before anyone can really, like, hear her, you know, Uh before she gets anyone's attention. And he goes to start making a toast that's just... Really awkward, all about how awesome Pam is. Yeah, it starts off with some funny Jim and then quickly becomes way too yeah emotional and genuine. And fortunately, he's cut off by Dwight before he gets yep. to embarrassing territory. But who then gets cut off by Michael for stealing his <laughs> wedding's line? <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, so good. Yep. <laughs> Dwight's wedding line, or Michael's line, by the way, is Dwight says, uh, you know, everybody says, or he says, you guys are getting married, and you know, everyone says marriage is an institution. So my question is, who wants to be in an institution? <laughs> <laughs> we don't hear what Michael comes up with to make up for Dwight stealing his joke. No, <laughs> he stands at the microphone for like five seconds in silence, <laughs> and then the band looks at each other, and they just start playing a song before he can continue. Yep. <laughs> We should also bring up the other deleted scene involving the band, just yes. because we're about to not was, have any reason to bring it up. I was going to bring it up at the end if we didn't get to it. Yeah, yeah, it's well worth bringing up yes. of uh, <laughs> Michael picking up the guitar and deciding to try to play with the band. He starts <laughs> He starts playing Smoke on the Water, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the bass to it at least. Well, before he even starts that, he just starts hitting like random strings, it seems like, <laughs> and it just starts making that horrible vibrating feedback. Of, sound, yeah, feedback. Yeah. It's like I'm getting too much reverb. Reverb. Can someone <laughs> turn down the <laughs> reverb? He has no idea what he's saying. And then yeah, after he gets a little bit into smoke on the water, and he's <laughs> you know hitting the wrong it's, string, and he's trying to get the bassist to, go, yeah. to start playing with him and. <laughs> Yeah. The bassist is just kind of standing there like, I don't know, dude. Yeah, Creed uh, kind of gently you know, taps Michael on the shoulder and says, you know, maybe let him. Yeah, You want to give me a try? Yeah, let him try it. You know, it's okay. You can <laughs> give it a shot. And Michael warns him, you know, this thing's not in tune. Good luck doing yeah. anything with it. It's a broken axe. Yep, and uh, Creed <laughs> takes it and puts it on and immediately tells the band which key to play in and uh, what he's doing and to follow him and just starts shredding it. Oh, yeah. And he sounds great. Oh yeah! And then we get a little explanation of Creed talking about his music history, which is his real life music history. It's true. And we discussed it when we went over his bio in the Halloween episode. Yeah. I also want to say I love the. I feel like everyone's expressions when they play music and they're really into it can be really funny. <laughs> but I love Creed's especially. He yeah. makes the funniest faces while he's playing guitar. <laughs> and when we saw him live, like that wasn't just the character. Like he oh, no. does that. Yeah, yes. he does. And I love that when he was playing, there was a couple people in the cast watching him play. And you can see that they're uh, just kind of blown away that this guy that they've been filming the show with for the last year has like serious guitar chops. I mean, you have no idea how much of that those people knew about or have seen, even if they did know about it. It's funny because... the most genuine, like, look of excitement and happiness he Darryl. gets. It's from, yeah. Yeah. It's from Craig Robinson. He's just like, oh man, I got to jam with this guy while I'm. Working yeah. On this I show. mean, oh man. Kevin, I love, too. I love that we've seen both of them perform yeah. musically. Brian Baumgartner is also really into it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love him as, his into it as he's just like nodding his head very intently <laughs> with the ski mask on. Yeah. <laughs> At least he's wearing it as a hat, as not a hat. as a mask. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's kind still of flopping around, <laughs> It's kind of flopping around on his head. But yeah, Creed uh, Creed kills it. Tears it up. Anybody who's not familiar with the music stylings of Creed Bratton, which is also Creed Bratton's real name, uh, yeah. highly recommend, well, I guess his real stage name, but is, close yeah, enough. Right. I highly recommend uh, looking him up. And yeah, he's great. Or seeing him, if he ever comes anywhere near you. He does tour, and it's a great show. It is. And not super expensive seemingly generally well well worth it yes so yeah shout out to creed where are we in the episode uh jim was just beaten to the punch by roy right and then broke up with katie right um yeah poor katie for real yeah i mean she's not like the coolest person ever but she she never did anything wrong her and roy are very well suited they are. I feel like there should be a spinoff series where they get together. Yeah, and live in the suburbs. It's too bad. Yeah, I guess all of Scranton kind of seems like the suburbs. And how is how exciting is some dude who has an asphalt company or gravel company rather? That's true. <laughs> and a purse saleswoman <laughs> <laughs> seems lucrative at the very least. Yeah. So from here we cut to the upper deck. It looks like we see. Captain Jack is laughing and stumbling down the deck with Meredith. Mm-hmm. And uh, they make their way into, it looks like a little cabin he's got in the boat. The captain's quarters. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so from here we cut to back inside the party, and Michael is sitting down at a table, vomiting profusely into a bag. Or at least making noises that you would think he's vomiting. Right. <laughs> he could just be loudly gagging. It's true. Right. <laughs> Being dramatic about it, too, because he's Michael. (laughs) That's also very true. Yeah. (laughs) It's for his great capacity for emotion that he feels emotion (laughs) so much strongly, so much more strongly than everyone else. (laughs) Dwight advises uh, Michael that if he feels seasick, Captain Jack said to look at the moon. And Michael has just enough time to choke out the words Captain Jack is a fart face before he starts either vomiting or (laughs) retching into the bag again. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And then uh, we see Brenda approach yet again to ask Michael about the presentation. Really she just cannot get off this presentation. Really pushing him on the presentation. And that's why I said before that I think the reason she's in this episode is just as a means to like keep prodding Michael right. into the direction of giving that presentation. A narrative tool, so to speak. Indeed. Yeah. So Michael decides it's game time, and he needs <laughs> to give the speech now. He gets up in front of everyone. Time to be the boss. Grabs the mic. He tells the band to stop playing. He says, cool it, guys. Yeah, <laughs> And uh, he starts to give his presentation. He says, listen, everybody, this boat is sinking. In <laughs> three minutes, we're going to be at the bottom of Lake Wall and <laughs> So you need to listen up. And someone asks, where's Captain Jack? He says, Captain Jack is gone. <laughs> <laughs> this boat's sinking. <laughs> and, uh... All the Dunder Mifflin people know what's going on as Michael starts going into his spiel about, uh, you know, how people have to plan for this impending disaster. He and Michael starts, you know, I feel like people stop listening to him after he said the boat's sinking because he starts talking about sales departments and right, you know, revenue building <laughs> streams and clients and. Uh, but every non-Dunder Mifflinite is freaking out. Yeah, they're all in a mad panic. They're rushing around. They're shouting. Every Dunder Mifflinite is standing, staring at Michael, blank-faced. Pretty much upset that their party is being interrupted by him again. We see Stanley in the background, or not Stanley, uh, Kevin in the background, trying to be proactive, trying to tell a guy that's climbing out an open window behind him, hey, no, it's not. Oh, really? It's not? Yeah, it's, oh, he's I didn't like catch the only that. person that's trying to help. That's amazing. But he can't get the words out as yeah. this guy. Uh, I think it's the guy that he's trying to stop who ends up climbing overboard. Yeah, jumping into the water, jumps out the window of the cabin they're in into the water. Yep, <laughs> and yeah, Kevin is just like, no, this this isn't this this is like, if you just wait. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! I didn't catch that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, from here we uh, see that we cut to Michael, who is now explaining that he's in the brig, yeah. which means he's zip tied to the railing outside. Yeah, the front of the boat, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uh, says, you know, if that if people had just listened to him instead of panicking, everybody would have been fine. And if that one guy, you know, what was with that guy who jumped overboard? If he had just listened to what Michael had to say, he would be motivated right now instead right. of soaking wet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, we cut to inside the party. We see Jim and Katie are sitting at separate tables, both looking pretty A- miserable. Yeah, across the ship from each other. Yep. Yeah, Or at least across the room. Across the cabin, yeah. yeah. And, uh, oh, I also want to mention, I think I forgot to mention, uh, yeah, that as people are panicking, uh, we don't just cut to Michael in the brig. We see Captain Jack appear to calm people down, and right. he's followed by a topless Meredith with That's a right. life preserver covering and, her chest. <laughs> and Captain Jack is uh, only wearing a white t-shirt right. pants, <laughs> so you can assume that he had been undressing as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's too bad they got disrupted. But anyhow, he's the one that <laughs> stopped the panic and put Michael in the brig, clearly. Yeah. But anyway, back to where we were currently before going back. Uh, Jim and Katie, not happy. And we see Jim get up and walk outside. Yeah, and- they make eye contact briefly. Jim gets like uncomfortable that, you because know, Katie's giving him—she's mean-mugging him. Yes. And Jim's like, oh, got to get away from her. And now we cut to our final clip, which is the final scene of the episode.
2: Somebody there. What happened to you? <sighs> Captain Jack has a problem with authority.
1: Oh, right, because you announced that his ship was sinking.
2: Yeah, he just totally lost it. If you ask me, he caused a panic. Modern night. Well, it's nice for you. Your friend got engaged. She was always engaged. Roy said the first one didn't count.
1: That's great. And to tell you the truth, I used to have a big thing for Pam. So.
2: Really? You're kidding me. You and Pam? Wow. I would have never put you two together you really hit it well God I usually have a radar for stuff like that You know I made out with Jan yeah no yeah. yeah yep well Pam is cute yeah
1: she's really funny she's warm and she's just anyway
2: well if you like her so much don't give up.
1: She's engaged.
2: BFD, engaged ain't married.
1: Huh.
2: Never, ever, ever give up. Don't worry, Michael. I'm taking us to shore. It's a fake wheel, dummy.
0: So good, (laughs) but yeah, I feel like an important scene in the grand scheme of things for a lot of reasons. I mean, obviously for Jim and Pam, but I also feel like for Michael and Jim, Mm. it's kind of the beginning of this relationship they have, where they're a little closer than they have been in previous episodes, and I feel like that continues through the series. Again, I stand by my theory that this, the whole. Jim and Michael aspect started when Jim was uh, joining Michael at karaoke in his party. Yeah, fair I enough. Think, yeah. I think it's the whole Jim recognizing Michael's loneliness and then thinking about himself and, and empathizing with that loneliness. Right. And then that also kind of leads Jim to feel like Michael would understand where he's coming from confiding this. And the world's worst confidant. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Jim and I are great friends. <laughs> we hang out a ton, usually at work. <laughs> so good. I also, I pointed it out when we started playing the clip. I didn't catch ever, this is the first time I've caught it, that Michael acts like, oh, who's there? When Jim like walks out to the quote-unquote brig. That yeah, attached because he can't see behind him. Yeah, he's so. handcuffed to the railing. and I mean, he probably... I guess he could have turned. He could he have didn't. turned, but yeah. I think he—I think that was almost Michael, like pretending, like "Oh, I'm so helpless right now. Like this is awful." <laughs> Although in that deleted scene, we do see he is pretty helpless when he is, Jim yeah. comes out to give him a hat that he requested, and he just puts it in his zip tied hands on the railing and then leaves. <laughs> and Michael struggles. <laughs> he struggles for like thirty seconds trying to put this hat on with his hands handcuffed to the railing. Yeah, which Uh, I don't know. How hard would that be? I don't think it'd be as hard as he made it out to be. No, but it did make for some really great (laughs) physical comedy. Oh, man. And then he only has it like half on his head, not correctly at all. Yeah. But yeah, I think what Michael told Jim really changes the trajectory of Jim's aggressiveness with Pam. It does. Yeah. I I don't know that the events of... uh, casino night would ever happen without this conversation i agree and it's funny because i never i would never think back to this specific moment as really changing jim's mind about it yeah but I, think, but I really right. think it does yeah I think you're right too yeah and it also makes it funny because when spoiler alert jim and pam inevitably get together <laughs> we get a scene of michael basically holding both their hands and saying that he brought them together. (laughs) They both pull away and are just like, no, okay, Michael. (laughs) Yeah. But he's not wrong. No. In a way. Yeah. In a sense he did. Yeah. I also want to point out how much I love that when Jim confides in Michael that he's always had a thing for Pam, Michael's reaction is, wow, really? You and Pam, (laughs) like – You hit it well, you know? Usually I have a great eye for these things. (laughs) I never would have guessed it. When every (laughs) single other person in the office... Yeah, all they do is interact and laugh with each other all day, every day. (laughs) Right. Oh, man. (laughs) That's hilarious. Oh, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) I also love the look that he gives Jim after he tells Dwight that it's a fake steering wheel. Yeah. (laughs) And I love that Dwight... uh, in an effort to save, to show his true loyalty is still to Michael, not to Captain Jack. And to <laughs> save Michael, he decides it's up to him to steer the ship to shore. I know. Not to a dock, just to shore. Just to shore, yeah. To help Michael. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which if somehow Dwight had been able to do that, he probably would have just really destroyed it. Like, could have genuinely sunk the ship if yeah. he tries to just steer it to shore it's without true. knowing what he's doing. That's true. It's true. <laughs> That was actually one thing I was going to bring up when that guy jumped out of the ship. I feel like if a boat that size were sinking, I wouldn't be so freaked out that I need to just immediately jump off the boat. No, although if Michael had been not completely making up what he said and if he somehow knew that in 3 minutes the boat would be at the bottom of the river for whatever reason, I think I could be way off about this, but I feel like the way that water pressure and like, you know, like physics and mm-hmm displacement works is that you would basically be like pulled under if you were near it when it went fully underwater. I mean, I, I, yeah, I agree with you, but I, I'm confident in my swimming abilities that I feel like even if I were pulled under for a minute, I'd still be able to surface just fine. Well, you might be pulled under far enough that even if you, I mean, that river is probably, you know, at most 40 feet deep. You still get the bends. if You go up too quickly. (laughs) Well, I won't go up that quickly. Well, all right. You got more confidence in yourself than I do in myself. Yeah. I think I'd be all right. All right. Well, if we're ever on a boat and it sinks, Rob, I'm relying <laughs> on you to save my life when I inevitably <laughs> plummet to the bottom and then try to ascend too rapidly and right. get the bends. All right. You got to save me. You got to get me to that compression chamber or decompression chamber, sure. whichever is applicable.
1: And, I, I uh, guess so.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll do my best. I don't know who else can, Rob. I'll channel my <laughs> water world, Kevin Costner nice (laughs) (laughs) although he had gills on the side of his neck he did yeah yeah well i don't have that maybe in a moment of great stress my body would evolve spontaneously grow gills (laughs) we live in the x-men universe (laughs) you've always been a guild person your body just never had a reason to exhibit that. exactly right hopefully like you can still hang out on land if you become a guild person what if you need not like it's not that you can breathe water now you can only breathe water now mm, that, that would, could kind of be a bummer that'd be a problem i have yeah. to wear like a some weird collar collar with water in it you just, just keep constantly yeah <laughs> just constantly aerating the water around my neck it sounds like a giant pain oh yeah like a be. really low budget like mr freeze <laughs> that doesn't entail ice anyway it's not that much different than people who scuba dive and have an air tank I guess that's true. You just yeah. have a water tank yeah. going into your neck holes. Exactly. <laughs> Some aer- aeration system. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Should we move on to ratings? Let's do it. Ratings. Ratings. Wah, wah. Boo, boo, boo. I think i went first last week so i think it's on you i believe you did it's all you man what you got for us you ready for this i don't know if i am 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 primal dances <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, this episode is amazing it is a great it episode borderline perfect i mean i gave it well, a perfect score perfect, so it is it, it is not borderline it's yeah perfect there's not really a single scene i i disliked You know, it was very well written, very well directed, very well acted. Just great all around. The plot moves forward a ton. It's funny. A lot of stuff happens. This wasn't like last episode. We were just like, and then Meredith takes the teapot
1: because she lost the iPod. It's like, oh, God.
0: And uh, I'm going to name drop him again because I know he listens every week. Earl was a little disappointed with our ratings last week. Earl? Yeah, my designer. Oh, really? Yeah. What uh he just liked that episode. He was disappointed that we we didn't score it higher and that we talked so much trash on it. Christmas episode? Yeah. Huh. He brought up the moments that we brought up, but he, uh, you know, he he thought that those moments should have saved the rating, so <laughs> to speak. Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Sorry, Earl. Can't please everybody, but you know, on a scale, I still feel like at least, in my opinion, that I'm doing justice to the episodes that deserve tens when I I give a weaker rating to those other episodes. So maybe look at it that way, Earl. Earl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and as far as MVP goes, I was about to ask you, but you got there first. It's got to be Michael this episode, Michael Scott. From the get go, he does that. Really mischievous sound when Phyllis asks where they're going that afternoon. <laughs> the name game with Stanley, the the whole ship metaphor in the conference room when he unveils his plans for the day, and then of course everything he does on the ship is hilarious. And the tension between him and Rog Briggle—it's just yeah, it's all—it's so good. He was great. Yeah, he was. He was, and his interpretive dance every time I see it, I, I can't help but laugh. Yeah, it's just really so ridiculous, and just a really good example of solid physical comedy. So there you go, rating an MVP, boom, boom. Yeah, I gotta say, I oh sorry, no, I was just gonna say, now it's on you. Um, yeah. On that note, I honestly feel like I don't really have anything to add. I feel like you said everything I could possibly have (laughs) thought of to say. Nice. I agree with you. The ten out of ten. All right. I feel like if I gave it a different rating, slightly lower, it would only be doing it for the sake of it being different. So that's a stupid reason to you do gotta, it. you got to pick a unit, though. I'm not letting you off that hook. Wait, what was your unit? Primal Dances. Primal Dances. Yeah. Right. Oh, man. What am I going <laughs> to do? My episode them. was 10 out of 10 natives from neighboring islands. Nice. <laughs> Love it. Pick the most racist part of the episode <laughs> as my unit. <laughs> kind of did. Yep. Well, I'm not endorsing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making light of it. Fair enough. <laughs> um, and I would say for MVP, you know, my first thought was gonna be to go with Captain Jack. I thought that too. But then you made such a compelling point for it being Michael that I'm gonna have to go along with you there. All I right. can't I feel like you just you listed <laughs> off the bullet points, the dance, the speech, the interruptions, yeah. the relationship with Captain Jack, and yeah, I got he was the MVP of lot, the week lot for of of me good too. But I will say Rob Riggle, you are the runner-up, a very close second. Ooh, that's true. Yeah. Should we have second second rank? No, MVPs? no, 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 no. Let's do just like five ranks. Let's do every episode. We'll mention the runner-up when we feel like someone was really close. I like that to reaching the MVP level. I like that. Yeah. What about Brenda? Brenda was just a big wet blanket. She kind of was. Sorry, she, Brenda. I, I feel like there's a reason she didn't make it into any other episode. She was. Lacking, yeah. lacking a personality. An odd character. Yeah. Apparently not lacking a personality so much that Jim doesn't feel inclined to ask her out over the phone later. Brenda? Yeah. You don't remember? I guess not. Yeah, that happens, uh, I think it's right after Pam is looking for places, she's planning her wedding a lot more in the office, and I think Jim moves back uh, to the annex for a day for some reason is it after Packer leaves the package in his office? Oh, so Michael takes his desk. Man, now I know what you're talking about. You know what's funny is I maybe I have in previous watches realized that Brenda was this the woman from this episode, but in my memory I didn't I don't I didn't place the face to the name when he was uh, doing that. So that's interesting. Wow. Yeah. That's weird. That's because all we ever hear of her. We never see them interact on, no. the, on the ship or in the office. And he's with Katie. That's right. Huh. And all Brenda knows of Jim is, here's some salesperson that I maybe spoke to for a minute, maybe not. Right. He invited his attractive red-headed girlfriend on the boat, broke her heart, <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. It's a that, hard sell. It's also a really horrible voicemail that he leaves her. It's not great. Yeah. Yeah. Very awkward and reeks of desperation. And it's like a—it's not even a desperation for her. It's like he seems somehow disinterested in her and desperate for <laughs> yeah. her to call him back. Very good. Point. It's a—it's just a bad mix altogether. It really is. Like she might as well have just been like a mannequin that he's <laughs> you know asking out at that point. Yeah. Yeah. But Jim is a heartbreaker. Yes. He is. A, he leaves a trail of saddened women in his wake i guess i don't know how <laughs> to phrase that there's no real way to phrase that women of the upset persuasion yes <laughs> well anyway is that it i think that's it man oh what, a, God. what a solid episode that was a great episode it really is yeah just a real it's a fun setting for everything that went down because there's no escape no it's kind of a bottle episode in that respect it was yeah it's a real humdinger <laughs> <laughs> people don't use that word enough no, let's bring it back. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm not even sure if I'm using it right. We need our, our paper people army to help spread the word. Unless it doesn't mean what I think it is. If it's like a really hateful word, then let's not spread that word. Make it a real humdinger of a movement. Let's look it out and edit it out if we have to after this. Agreed. <laughs> I'll just add one of those. Uh, I'll just beep it. Like, just like it. They, or we could you know do a goofy <laughs> sound effect like they talked about with Conan and Bill Hader. Oh, yeah. This episode was a real... <laughs> <laughs> yeah on that note (laughs) before we just devolve into silliness yes send us your screenshots of your reviews that you leave us on apple Podcasts, and you'll receive a free sticker we'll send you stickers out of paper pod at gmail.com yeah had a great response yeah we have love it keep it up you guys if you want to we're running out of stickers yeah better get them while they're hot yeah Mm I'll never be able to make them again we'll get it to you <laughs> you give me cookie I give you cookie that's how it works <laughs> I got you cookie alright paper people thanks for hanging out we'll see you in the next one later paper <laughs> I don't know what that was but I like it I don't
1: know they want part with us. Car with us. Them not war with us. Inna the club, them won't flex with us. To get next with us, then we not with us. From the day my bond my flame, call my name and it is my fame. Yeah, this your man bowl, let it go. You are the number one girl, wave your hand, make them see the wedding band. Yo, sexy ladies want bar with us. You know the car with us, them now war with us. You know the club, them want flex with us. The
0: Out of Paper is not endorsed by DLD Productions or NBC and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The office, the office logo, and all character, pictures, and audio of the office are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their registered copyright holders.